Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hi, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Toward Light Podcast. This week I'm going to talk about a Buddhist teaching that helps us figure out how we can work with distracting or problematic thoughts. In so many conversations I've been having with friends and loved ones and with myself, there's been this real theme around fear, worry, anxiety, grief, boredom, anger. A lot of these thoughts and emotions that are considered quote-unquote unwholesome in the Buddhist teachings. And so how do we deal with this as it's arising? A small caveat before I dive in today. I am going to be talking about a lot of different Buddhist lists and and talking about different teachings and how they relate to one another. That helps some of us who want to sort of orient ourselves in a certain way, but for other folks that can feel very overwhelming. Please know you don't need to remember any lists, you don't need to know what the sixth factor of the Eightfold Path is. You don't need to know the three poisons by heart. Like, know that what's most important is as you're listening, whatever strikes a chord with you, try that on. Connect with that. So this idea of mind states, I want to tease out a little bit that I'm going to be talking about tools to use with thoughts. So emotions arise, right? In the body, you feel fear, say. I'm going to use fear as my example a lot today, but know that you can use any unwholesome mind state for these practices. So let's say I feel fear in my body. What does that feel like? For me, there's a tension in my solar plexus, maybe fluttering at my chest, maybe tensing my shoulders. So that arises. No big deal. Then I start thinking, I'm afraid. And then that train starts going and I start listing in my mind, maybe even sort of in the background of my mind, but all the things I'm afraid of or how things could get worse. And I can really spiral myself out of control in the thinking mind. So the thoughts are then feeding that emotion, which is then feeding the thoughts. So my body and my mind are in this kind of cycle of feeding each other. And the hope is that with our practices, as we become more aware of our experience, can feel things as they arise in the body, we can name them, but we don't engage with the thoughts that feed them. We don't engage with these mind states that fuel our suffering, our difficulty. Unwholesome mind states arise all the time. And in general, they're talked about as being rooted in the three poisons. So any mind state that is coming from a place of greed, aversion, or delusion. That can feel like most of our thoughts. All of these can be really obvious or really subtle. So a greed-based thought might be, I want X. 
But it could also be that really simple, like, if only it was a degree warmer or a degree cooler. Any time that we're wanting something. Aversion, any time we don't want something. Again, like, can be really obvious, hatred, anger, but can also be even more subtle forms. Even grief is a form of aversion because we want things to be different than they are. So the feeling of grief in the body is one thing, but when we start to perseverate on the thoughts, that's when we can end up really sinking into it. Delusion can be daydreaming, but it can also be the other very subtle extreme of just sort of like turning our head or or just not paying close enough attention because we just don't want to see, just checking out a little bit. At times, like, the way that delusion is working, the way that the unwholesome mind state happens is that we take a piece of information and we extrapolate out from it without really having all the facts. So again, like this can feel like what most of our thoughts are, right? Like unwholesome mind states arise. It happens. And really important not to beat yourself up for that. Really important to know that, especially if you're newer to meditation, that you'll see more of this than you're expecting, and that's okay. These three poisons are talked about throughout the teachings. One way that they're talked about when it comes to unwholesome and wholesome mind states is in the path factor of wise effort in the Noble Eightfold Path. So the Noble Eightfold Path are these eight steps to freedom. This step of wise effort talks about how do we bring effort or energy to our meditation, to our minds. We're asked to do four things. We're asked to prevent unwholesome mind states from arising, abandon unwholesome mind states that have arisen, cultivate wholesome mind states, and sustain wholesome mind states. So this second aspect, this abandon unwholesome mind states, how do we do that? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm interested in today is I've got an unwholesome mind state. What am I going to do about it? So fear arises in the body. I have a thought that says, I'm afraid that all my loved ones are going to die. What do I do about it? In Majjhima 20, the middle length discourses of the Buddha, there's this teaching called the Vitaka Sintana Sutta the removal of distracting thoughts. This is one of my favorite suttas because it's so applicable all the time. The way that this teaching works is there are five different tools we can try to remove distracting thoughts, and it starts with the easiest and builds up. So when you have a distracting thought, oh my gosh, what if everybody I love dies? And that thought is just like rolling on itself and keeps building and you keep thinking about it and fixating. The first thing to try is to replace with the opposite. If fear is arising, the root of fear is not wanting things to be how they are. So the root of fear is aversion. So the opposite of aversion is love, is metta, is kindness. When I'm feeling fear... I push it out by replacing it with the opposite, by replacing it with love. The simile that the Buddha uses for this is it's like a carpenter who 
has a peg that's stuck. And so he uses a different peg. He hammers a different peg in to push it out. So we're pushing out the fear with love. Any of the heart practices are available here. It might be metta, it might be karuna or mudita or upeka. It might be a formal practice. You might just think about people that you love. Or you might take action. Oh, I'm in this thought of fear around my loved ones. Well, how can I offer them some love? Can I write a letter, send a text, make a painting, whatever? Find a way to replace with the opposite. So push it out. What if that doesn't work? The second option is to examine the danger of having this thought. So examine, investigate. What am I getting out of this? What is the benefit of this? And how is this thought pattern harming me? How is this getting in the way of my happiness, in my ability to serve myself, in my ability to serve others? The simile here is imagine that you love to wear really beautiful things and you drape a dead snake carcass around your neck as a necklace. And you're just walking around with this dead snake carcass, which is like collecting flies and is like decaying on your body. And you're like, look at me, I look so good. Uh, No, no, you don't. Like you're actually carrying around something that's like harmful and potentially like disease ridden and so, so what of those thoughts, like, what thoughts do you think like, oh, this is just okay, or this is just a part of me, but actually it's detracting, it's taking away, it's causing harm. When I'm lost in that, I'm, and I can really investigate it, I see that I'm, I'm paralyzing myself. I'm not able to create or give or do anything positive because I'm stuck, I'm frozen. So that's one way it's detracting. It's not helping my relationships. I'm not connecting with people in the moment because I'm so afraid about the future. So I'm not doing what I need to be doing because I'm lost in that fear. And the more that we're lost in fear, anxiety, worry, that's not good for our immune system. And right now in particular, we're very interested in keeping our immune systems healthy and strong. So I can see that this thought, this fear-based thought pattern, this mind state is not serving me. Then I can make the choice to move on, to let it go, to say, oh, that's harming me. Let me go back to step one, which was replaced with the opposite, and try that again. And see if, oh, bringing in some love can, can move this fear thought stream out. That doesn't work. Step number three is ignoring, not paying it any attention changing the channel. The simile in the sutta is when you're faced with something you don't want to see, you look away or you close your eyes. So you've investigated, you know that this unwholesome thought pattern is not good for you. So stop looking at it. I like the idea of changing the channel, of muting it in some way. What are activities or things that you do that can help you change the channel to ignore So often, it's something involved with the body or with creativity. It's important to turn on another part of your brain. So if you're fixated in this fear state, physical exertion, 
creative energy, whether it's singing or making art in some way or even doing math, but turning on a different part of your brain, making a recipe, like figuring out something that's going to pull your attention enough so that you can turn your head and stop looking. We all have these different activities that we connect with in one way or another. Side note, sometimes my mind tells me that uh, television will help me with this, and it often doesn't, um, or screen time in general. It just allows the fear to kind of keep cooking while I passively am taking in something. If you're serious about challenging this mind state, it's really important to turn your head away in a decisive way. And so making a choice to actively turn your attention elsewhere. If that doesn't work, if the fear has arisen, you try these few things, then you can give number four a shot. And this is the idea of stilling or reducing the content. So if fear is arising and I'm thinking about fear way in the future, can I bring it back and be like, okay, well, what am I afraid of this week? Or what am I afraid of for tomorrow or today or this hour? The simile here is it's like somebody who's running and is like, hey, why am I running? And they start walking and they walk slower and then they stand, they sit down and then they lie down. So sometimes reduction is all we can hope for. That turning away isn't going to work. The fear is present. The thought pattern is present. And so slowly turning the heat down, taking the pressure off, slowing it down. So these four are pretty great, pretty useful. Sometimes I kind of have to go up and down the scale a little bit until I hit the right spot. And there is a fifth. If this mind state just won't go away, if it's just totally taking over, nothing works, then the instruction is to crush your mind with your mind. In the teaching, it says something like, with teeth clenched, tongue at the roof of your mouth, constrain your mind. The simile here is like a strong man crushing a weaker man. This is in desperate situations only. And so often what helps is to get in some sort of meditation posture or some posture that lets your mind know you're serious about this. And to repeatedly recite a mantra or something that's going to help drive that thought out. For me, I almost only need to reach for this when it's like middle of the night thoughts, when it's just like so bad, it's keeping me up. Tried all the things and I just can't. And I often reach for my journal first and try and write it out. And sometimes then I can use the other tools But if that doesn't work, then I'll use this and I'll just repeat, you know, may all beings be at ease, may all beings be at ease, or whatever mantra I choose until I push that thought out. So this is this very useful tool that we have access to. When we're having distracting thoughts, we can remove them. Our first job is to see that our thought pattern is distracting or unwholesome. And then our next step is to try these on. We replace it with the opposite. 
We examine the danger of living in this unwholesome thought. We try and ignore it. We lessen the intensity of the thought pattern. Or we crush it out. So see for yourself what in this feels accessible. Did any of this resonate with you? And could you try that tool? Yes, they're taught as a sequence, but if there's one that seems to make sense to you, give that a shot. May we trust in our capacity to implement these teachings in our daily life. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.